This podcast and every podcast is brought to you by Claypot. Claypot is a Cantonese-styled restaurant located at 58 St. Mark's Place in the Big Apple, New York City. You should totally check it out. It has delicious rice that is cooked in a clay pot and it it almost like makes it crispy so it's kind of like a hash brown oh my god it's so good and there's there's eel and pork belly and it's all just like cooked in a clay pot like i said obviously clay pot <laughs> but it's it's a sealed in the flavor is all there go check it out it's great it's quality food and i'm personally friends with the owner and his mission statement is to bridge the gap between generations through food you had me at food it's there it's great. Go check it out. Today, my guest is Dylan Wack. And oh my lord, this might be my favorite podcast to date. Uh, we get really personal in what the underlying extrapolation from acting and from comedy is. Dylan and I talk about just the human condition in essence. And I really hope you got as much out of this as I did. So please enjoy. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Dylan Seawack. people who have had really level upbringings and really you know have have had kind of the luck or the fortune or the privilege or whatever you want to call it to like have sort of a a a healthy whatever that wants to mean like life and their art is still art and it's still great and still you know whatever it may be um But there is there. I feel like there. Instead of I, I, I will put the like footnote of like. But there does have to be something, like missing or the wiring or something that makes a person want to be like. I'm going to paint, like I'm going to spend hours mixing paint together, <laughs> or like I'm going to stand in front of people and say words that I didn't think of. Like there's got to be something like. Th- either there or missing because it's it's a totally irrational thing to think of like i'm i'm i've lived my life and i'm you know i've had whatever experience and because of that i'm going to play the trumpet like those those two thoughts do not like well i think it's something that's like inside you that kind of like speaks to you like this is this this for sure is my outlet you know it's probably why like some people are like try meditating doesn't really work try yoga doesn't really work Try sprinting up a hill as fast as you can. And then, like, for some crazy people, they're like, yep, it works. That's I guess I'm one. a marathon runner, yeah. you know? Perfect. And it's just, like, that passion kind of just, like, strikes you right there. And you're, like, like inside, like, the, the wedding bell is, like, and you're, yeah, like, exactly. this is it, you know? That's the thing. And I, I, I feel like that is, maybe that's what it is rather than, like, having to have suffered. Is that there just has to be a part, it, it's, like, the part of whatever 
thing that makes humans tick that makes you like want to find that thing yeah and and listen to that bell go off in your head like that's what makes people like that same thing that makes people want to try meditating or try yoga or run up the hill is the thing that makes you want to learn how to dance or or learn how to act or or write or whatever it is um because I think most people want to do that in some way. Whatever the thing is, I think that people, I see people do that in like a thousand ways. And, you know, some of them are, some of them are making memes and it's like, okay, that's objectively a little stupid. But like, if it makes you, if it, yeah, if I mean, it makes that bell go off, then like, good for you. Yeah. <laughs> oh my God. Like, I can't, I can't judge you because if you're the, if you make the best meme ever, who is, you know, who am I to say, like, well, you know, screw your meme. Yeah. <laughs> Me and Shakespeare over here are going to have the, the like, moral high ground. Because yeah. it's, like, it's the same, I feel like it's probably the same part of the brain that, like, lights up. Yeah. When you're creating. So then, for you, what does, uh, what does Shakespeare, or I guess, like, what acting in general kind of evoke from you? Like, what, what is so appealing about the form, and what does the form let you do? I th- the, immediately what I started thinking of was I started I started acting when I was in like sixth grade I, I, <laughs> I, ju- I did the school musical when I was in sixth grade <laughs> let me put it that way um, and I w- was a miserable middle schooler as I think many people are yeah. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not alone in that experience but like like I just was like I was a mess. I would like puberty was awful and like I didn't know how to dress myself yet, so I was like I desperately want to be liked by other human people. I want like girls to like me and at the same time I'm like still wearing like sweatpants and like the same windbreaker jacket every day. I was, like <laughs> this is what we did in elementary school and it's like you can't do that anymore. Um and so I signed up to do it I think because I was no good at sports. I was smart, like, I, I was good in school, but mm-hmm. that's not, at least in sixth grade, like, that's not really the way that people make friends. I mean, yeah. Like in high school, you can maybe, like... He's so smart. Well, you yeah, can read. Yeah, it's like, no one's impressed by that, really. Um, and I could sort of sing, and I had never acted before, and I had never danced before, but, like, I knew that I could at least sing a song. Um, so I started doing it then and I basically just never stopped because it was something I was good at that let me like meet other people and eventually that's how I like doing just theater sort of led me to comedy because I was a weird looking like puberty stricken sixth grader so I was never going to play the romantic lead but I always played like the old man who was funny like every time um and so that I sort of started doing comedy that way. And I, so I think it originally started as like, I wanted to meet other people who were doing it. Like I wanted to be friends with the other actors and the other, like, like the, the, the kids who are the techies. And like, I, I wanted that experience and I got that experience. And then it sort of eventually shifted into, into more what I feel like it is now where like I get to work with an audience and I can feel, I love feeling the two best feelings I think are on stage are an audience making an audience laugh because it's just it's it's awesome 
I think. And the other thing is making an audience just fucking hate you. <laughs> just. Okay. Just. I thought you were going to say make them cry. No, like, no, no. Tragic. No, 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 no. And that's great. You. If you can do that, that's great. I've had a, I've been in like one or two shows where I've, I've made tears come. But like, if you can be, because and, at least for me, at least at this point in my life, like my audience is like my friends and my family. So if I can make them hate me, I've done something right. And I play. I I just because wow. of like the person who I am and, and whatever else. I've often been put in roles as like an evil dude. I'm always playing the jackass, and like it is wonderful the feeling of an audience being like, "Yeah, you're right. We do hate him." Wow. It's kind. It's it's. I think it's a lot of fun. That's <laughs> you get a kick out of that. That's kind of I like kind of do black comedy almost a little bit. Yeah. There's something, I don't know why. But you can feel, like, because if, do you know what, I think it's maybe this, it's the same thing, because if, if you're, la- if, like, as an actor, my goal is to be entertaining or to keep people engaged or whatever. And if you're laughing, you're paying attention. Right. Because you heard the joke, it made sense to you, you laughed. And if you hate someone, it's the same, like, yeah, like you, you have to devote something you have to, to de- you. You're ca- you care about the person. Yeah. And, like, it's, I, I think it's probably harder to act well enough or, or do whatever well enough that the audience cares enough about you that they're crying um which is maybe why i like it it's probably easier for to get them to hate you so yeah. i enjoy that but the, i mean i think that's what it is it's like that feeling of like we're do we the actors are doing something but you are all part of it too and if you hate a character on stage you are part of the play because you're invest you are invested so much that you hate the thing yeah definitely um, so Do like, I sound crazy? No, no, no. That that like makes sense. You're like really like you're 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 pulling their focus and yeah. like like honing that almost. You know, like they they have to hate you. Like you you're, you stick out to them because yeah. your character is just so despicable. Yeah, that's really interesting. I've never heard of anyone like saying that's my kick. That's what I like. <laughs> I that's what I do. A large group of strangers doesn't like me very much. <laughs> that's my thing. That's. That's what it is. <laughs> so then, between being the bitter old man who everyone yes. hates, <laughs> of course, um, and doing comedy, yeah, what are some things that like comedy can do that acting can't? Oh well, I I love them both, and I love them both probably equally. Mm-hmm. Comedy, the way so I do, I perf- yeah, I perform stand up and I perform improv uh, comedy. And there's something just different about standing in front of a group of people. Like when I think of stand-up, you're, you're standing up in front of a group of people. Thank you. Um, in front of a group of people. And it's like, this is a tacit understanding that what I'm about to say, whether or not it's true, came from me. And like, I am about to share part of myself, however I distort it to make it funny, or... Um, you know, how, however I exaggerate it or whatever it may be. Uh, like, I am... But like, it's. I think it's a little bit more of me personally versus, like, you know, acting, you can... It, it, it's using someone else's words. It's in someone yeah. else's direction. Um, to get a similar... Like, like, that same reaction, like, try to feel like the audience is there with you. But 
with stand-up, there's, I don't know if it's like the danger of, it's like, what if I say something offensive and you all turn on me or like, <laughs> what, you know, what if it's just not funny or, yeah, or whatever, bomb. Yeah. what if I bomb? It's um, just, it sucks, but it happens. Oh, yeah, it sucks. Um, it sucks so bad. And, but, but there's something about it being self-driven or it being like, this is the thing that I came up with versus this is what someone else came up with. Um, and it's just, I think it's a little more direct and, and there's, there's, it's harder to make excuses with comedy than with acting. Cause I have been in shows before that, you know, for whatever happened and I could just be like, oh, well, you know, I, I was feeling sick or I didn't really get along with the director or you know, the other person dropped their line or yeah. whatever. And there's like a kind of a million ways out. Sure. But with comedy, it's like, if it goes well, it's because I did it well. And if it doesn't go well, it's because I didn't do it well. So there's sort of an, an instant gratification or an instant like slap on the wrist, you know, you know whatever, yeah. <laughs> whatever the opposite of gratification is of like, you know, I, I have this thing that I say that I do, either it goes well or it doesn't. And I know it in the moment. Um, and I guess there's something attractive about that. Yeah, it's like instant feedback. Yeah. And like, based on what you were saying before, it almost sounds like it's, it's a little more honest because you're actually like putting you up there and you're not fulfilling the role of someone else or like... And some people, I, I do my, my stand-up is about you, like the things that I will talk about usually are like either my, you know, who I am, whether it's my identity or my family or whatever, um things that I and then I, I'll do a little bit of like observational stuff and I'll do some political stuff um, and some people will do comedy that's like they'll put on a, a persona they'll put on a character mm-hmm. um, and they'll do stand up that way which I think is fine but like that's I think like I, I wouldn't be able to do that because I'm an actor so like I already do that all the time like yeah. putting putting on this persona um, and so for me I think comedy is that that honesty to whatever level, and there's, you know, there's parts of it where it's like, I'm just gonna explode that one fact of my life so that it's ridiculous and people laugh at it, whether or not it's true. Um, yeah, I feel, I mean, I don't know. I always wonder, like, I, I wonder, and I don't know how much you, like, if you listen to a lot of comedy or if, or if that's something that, that you know, makes makes that you enjoy um, yeah I definitely listen to comedy I wouldn't say I'm like knowledgeable of every single comedian out there yeah, but... if you were that would be weird um, <laughs> but I want like like does it seem honest to you when you watch like who, you know whoever your favorite comedian is like does it is there well I would I would say I gravitate more towards comedians who almost kind of give you like a very real story yeah and they explore like the full range of your emotions because there's like yeah. serious moments where they're like Oh my god! I need to tell you about this. This is this is when my father died, and and, yeah. and you're like locked in, and then something funny happens, and you're like, oh, there it is. It's really, and it's, it takes you on a roller coaster. I my my favorite comedian is Patton Oswalt, who is I he's been my favorite comedian for years. I've listened to him since I was like a sophomore in high school, so that was six years ago. Um, his wife died very suddenly, like two years ago and he took a little sabbatical he he has a a daughter 
Um, so he kind of like receded from public life and then started doing comedy again, first like in, in sort of festival circuits and at small clubs. Uh, and then he just put out, maybe eh, maybe it was a while ago, maybe it was a year ago, put out a new special on Netflix. And it's amazing. And he always was the kind of comedian just like that, where it's like yeah. he would talk about some serious stuff and then be really funny about the serious stuff. Um, and the special is great. And there's this, it's a really beautiful moment where it's like he's done telling jokes and he's just like, we're going to talk about the thing that we're all thinking about. Yes, my wife died. The Like the only reason I get up in the morning died suddenly, you know, and you all know about it. And it's like this kind of, wild moment because it's like you are this is the funniest person and you could like it would have been just as easy to cut out those five minutes yeah and have the special just be like like absolutely funny the whole time and he like like to include that i feel like is so amazing well i think that's something that comedians do because they to be a good comedian there has to be like some kind of vein that you tap into like some kind of some vein of truth yeah you know otherwise it just wouldn't be funny you'd just be like talking random nonsense shit yeah truly so I think that's where the the real like hook is is when you bring the person in with some kind of like tragedy or some like seriousness that just like this is this is life but at the same time we can we can still laugh about it yeah definitely and it doesn't always have to be like that's a uh, that's like, a specific type, you know. Like, yeah, not, not everyone well, does that. Well, it's it's a specific type, and I mean, there's there, there's sort of like like that's kind of an extreme example of like my wife died, and I'm going to talk to you about it. Yeah, let's hope not um, every comedian's no, wife truly. dies. <laughs> uh, but they're also like like even in the the dumber kind of more shallow things, like there there's there's sort of these like teeny tiny traumas <laughs> that like are shared universally, and so it's like that. Like I think I I have had. I've done bits before about like being in middle school or being in high school. And it's like, because those years kind of sucked for everyone or like part of it sucked for everyone. And it's not nearly as bad as like my wife died. Right. But it's still like, we can all think back and be like, Oh yeah, those years were awful. And (laughs) now we can laugh about it. You know, if you're listening to, if your wife just died and you listen to that set, you might not think it was funny. Probably not. You probably wouldn't. But maybe, you know, in, in a couple of years after some of the healing has started, you'd be able to listen to that and be like, that is so fucking true that, you know, this is how, this is part of the experience is, and that you can actually laugh at it. So then, do you see comedy as kind of a vehicle of truth? Oh, definitely. Definitely. And I think it's a, you know... I think it's a vehicle of truth for, I think it's an important vehicle of truth, both for like a person and for in certain ways, like a culture. Um, Cause I think for people it's an important, it, it's something I notice that like, and I, I, I do this a lot that when there's a serious subject or there's something that I don't want to talk about, I'll just make jokes about it. Or I'll, or I'll sort of, like, try to make people laugh instead of doing that. And it's because it's not in that moment because I'm trying to be funny or I'm trying to, like, make people laugh. It's just because I don't want to talk about, like, that thing. Yeah. And so it's in that way for me, it's, like, that's the that's the way it's a vehicle of truth of, like, I know that my reflex kicks in when it's, like, that's the thing I need to talk about. And so I won't talk about it. I'll make jokes about, you know, whatever instead. Yeah. Um, and then at the same time, like... I, you know, I think comedians 
always try to be truthful. Because I think you're, like, you were sort of saying, like, if you weren't, if there wasn't something behind it, it just turns into, like, random bullshit. Which has its place. But, like, you can't listen to that for that long. But you could, you know, there, there are comedians who you could, like, listen to and you could talk to for hours. And it's because they're being, while being humorous, they're being honest. And then at this, and then I think culturally, and I think we're in this moment right now where, like, it seems to be that the whole world is on fire. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that, boy. That there is genuine, like, I, I look at some comedians or I look at, you know, like, I, I think... It's it's the it's like the old what you know the saying whatever of like if you you have to laugh otherwise you'll cry, and it's like that's our response to that and we'll we'll make sure that we're talking about the things. It's like it is like when, uh, John Stewart was still on Comedy Central and how many people got their news from, his show, which is its own set of problems. But like, you know, even if he's making fun of it he's communicating information and like so you know there's still late night hosts who you know if, if if their whole if they have to do five shows a week they can only do jokes about what happened that day yeah and so in that way it's like you are in, by by watching colbert or conan or whoever you are engaging with what happened that day even if it's in kind of a goofy way um and so i think culturally it becomes a really important thing especially in times like these where it's like everything is topsy-turvy and no one knows which way is up anymore if you can laugh about it that's a good thing and if you can laugh about it because you're paying attention to it i think those are both like ways that comedy is is keeping us all honest is is that it only the joke only works if you're paying attention to it so i don't know (laughs) no that that definitely makes sense so so we can definitely see comedy as this vehicle of truth, whether that's, you know, a, like a personal truth or if that's like a political message, like news, right? Just given to people. So it's a little more lighthearted and we don't have to yeah. really think about like, oh my God, nuclear war is actually <laughs> going to break out between us and North Korea. You know, like nobody wants to think about that. No, I don't. So <laughs> you are correct. You know, we, we just laugh at like the little tweets between our president and <laughs> just, whoever the fuck else it is. Yeah, that whoever week. the fuck else it is. <laughs> but whichever dog that has a twitter he's decided to pick (laughs) twitter fingers tiny twitter fingers tiny twitter fingers so (laughs) so if if that is the case that like comedy is this vehicle of truth what truth are you attempting to share with the world wow (laughs) loaded (laughs) yeah loaded i love it you know there's something about this is again like this is just kind of immediately what comes to mind because i talk a lot about like i i i am fairly personal with my act um with the rare except you know in in an election year i'll do more political stuff because it, it tends to be a little bit easier um in an election year to do it but a lot of my stuff is personal and a lot of my stuff comes from i I I would hope that like people will would hear someone I you know either know or wouldn't know would hear and would feel like there's someone else who had whatever experience because I think 
especially nowadays, and I'm going to sound like a grandpa for a second. No. <laughs> like, Instagram, I love Instagram. Me too. Go follow me. <laughs> I love it, but it is exclusively, like, here's me when I look my best, when my hair is perfect, when I'm doing the cool thing, when, and you never hear anything about the, like, the bank account balance is zero, and my, you know, I haven't heard from whichever family member in forever, and, like, there is part of, like, our humanity that is being muted by here's this picture of me smiling with all of my friends. And that is good for Instagram and it's bad for comedy. Like you can't have a a joke about like, here's this perfect day I spent. The perfect day has to be ruined at some point in your, in the joke. You know, you can't just talk, talk about, I went to the, the beach and it was a beautiful sunny day. At some point, like a naked dude has to walk through. (laughs) It has to happen. And I think that by doing that, whether it's about, even if it's that simple, it's like someone else can hear that and go, oh, it's not just my day at the beach that's been ruined. Like other people have had their day at the beach, walked out, like had a naked guy walk through. And I guess that's sort of what I would try to do. And I, you know, when I've I've talked about in, in sets, like I talked about like, like with the middle school and the high school thing, it's like, no, it's okay to still be embarrassed about what you were doing five years ago. We were all thinking about that. There's still a part of me that's like, what was I thinking when I was a freshman in high school and I was doing all that stupid shit? And like, by talking about it, just by saying it there, I hope there's someone else who's like, oh, thank God me too. Um, about whatever it may be. Well, you can get that reaction immediately, you know? It's, yeah. Because it's, yeah, it's funny. Yeah, yeah, I completely relate to it. But then it, but and there, there's the part of it that's funny, and then there's something, either calming or like whatever it is, of like, okay, I'm not crazy. Like I think that's <laughs> that's part of what comedy is is like, not, like like an affirmation for an audience of like we're all in this together. Like the world is crazy, we're not. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the. Yeah, it's that, oh, I'm not the only one who feels this too? Cool, yeah, guys. exactly. Same. And you, and you hear an audience, You like, if you're sitting in the audience and you hear the rest of the audience laugh, it's like, oh my god, I thought I was crazy for thinking whatever about whatever, and everyone else just laughed, so we're all on the same boat. We're all on the same, on the same page about, you know. That's why, and that's why, like, comedians, oh, like, you, you can go through and, like, there's always talk about marriage, there's always talk about kids, there's always talk about being in love, there's always talk about dating, because, like, those are just things where, like, shit goes wrong constantly. And so people can sit and laugh about it. Yeah. Because it's, like, it's not happening to me in this very second. Right now I'm sitting in a theater and listening to stand-up. But, like, I can think of the time when it's, like, oh, yeah, you're right, that is crazy. Or, like, yeah, I was I was stood up on a first date, whatever, and it's, like... It's not just happening to me. There's other, like, I feel like comedy is sort of a a reminder that there is humanity all around us. And it's not just, like, Instagram smiles. Yeah. I fuck with that. That's... Yeah. I try not to sound like a grandpa, but I I love and hate social media. No, I I definitely feel... Just (laughs) as, like... I can't wait for... I'm, I'm sure my kids will take... Will have, like, a major in, like, the history of 
<laughs> Instagram. Of Instagram, and it's like, here's how humanity used to look, and now the we puppy look like filter this. was the most popular. Was filter. a fuck. I mean, like a whole generation. And I think I, and I only have this. I think I only have this perspective. I have a, I have a younger sister who is seven years younger than me. Um, so we are of different generations. Yeah, I know because my brother's uh, six or seven years older than me. Yeah, and it's like it's it's, it's it enough is, of a difference. Yeah, but I don't think people re- people don't realize that like when like one of you gets into high school, the other one's already gone. Yeah, like you don't like get to the, see your sibling; they don't exist they, outside of the home. It's exactly. weird. It's really crazy. But I've I've watched a a person grow up younger than me, and like always have Instagram mm. and always have twitter and always have that shit and it's and always have like a phone like i remember it was the biggest deal in the world when i got a nokia brick phone like could I am only hot shit i was i was on top of the world i was i was like oh you need to see what time it is let me check my nokia, nokia phone, phone. <laughs> it's like the mo- the ugliest thing i have ever owned and and, and like so so for me, like I'm st- I'm totally engrossed in it all. I'm on all of the social medias. I'm on it all the time. I'm awful about it, but like there's still a part of me that remembers that I can put it down and like exist, yeah, and I'll be fine. And like, not that my sister is exactly like this, but like I have seen either her exhibit this or people her age, just sort of like not be able to understand what it's like to not have to Instagram something or not have to share it immediately well I almost kind of kind of feel bad for people who were like the Instagram generation because it almost feels like like the number of followers is kind of like your popularity stock and it's not like really something that in our generation you kind of feel like oh this guy's kind of popular I think he's pop. yeah he's a cool guy you know Yeah. now it's like 260 followers 1400 followers you know, 23,000 followers. Like, there's an immediate stock, and you're like, this guy's the popular guy? That's the loser. And I, I think that that really fucks with people. Yeah. I think that really oh, yeah. fucks with people. And I think that, like... It's putting... I mean, it's putting a, a number... Yeah. ...to some... Like, an, an actual, like, numerical value. Black Mirror is fuck. It's Black Mirror is fuck! <laughs> it really is! But it's also just, like, to, to have a successful Instagram, it almost feels like kids today need to almost have like their personal brand figured out you know like you you need to know your aesthetic you need to know your filters you need to know your, like your angles and everything and like when you're 14 you don't have a like your brain is so no. totally far from being done if i had to pick my brand when i was 14 i'd be fucked i'd be absolutely destroyed and i think i feel like everyone would be in yeah. a certain way because it's <laughs> like you shouldn't you should not be making any choice when you are 14 years old that defines anything about you for any period of time. Like any, deci- I'm glad that every, pro- almost without fail, every decision I made when I was 14 has been reversed or been proven wrong at some point. Yeah, let's hope. Uh, let's hope. <laughs> <laughs> like there's not, you know, that if I went and, and you know. But it's just, it, like that, that actually like concerns me because, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know if you know, but like I was, I majored in, neuroscience i sound like a fucking pompous asshole every time i do this but major neuroscience and like like psychologically we're only evolved to track about 200 people yeah so you can really keep track of like what happens in like 200 of your friends lives friends and family yeah 
And and that's why like people who have like a thousand friends is it's kind of hard to like you don't really know what goes on with everyone's life. You know, it's, it's too much information. You know, you got your own shit going on. And and you think about that, and now suddenly people are connected, and you have this network of like I don't know how many people are on the internet, like three billion, four billion, and you have to like distinguish yourself when you're like twelve, fourteen. That's that's really fucking hard. You it's don't have hard, an identity and yet, and it's scary. And it's to me scary. The part that, like, and I don't know, it's probably not for all kids, and it's probably not for, you know, it, maybe this is just nonsense, but but that, like, you should be figuring out who you are as a person in those in, in that age. And, and truly, like, for the rest of our lives, we should always be trying to figure out, like, what is it about me that makes it me? And if you're worried about how that works on the internet like your internet persona is its own thing but that there might be some if there's one kid out there who is worried about their internet persona before they're worried about their like own personhood like that's horrifying i think there's a lot of that oh i'm sure and i think that's i think it's really unfortunate because you know i know i i would go so far as to say that like I was able to sort of become a person before I had to become an internet person. And so there's, you know, that the, like, like finding theater, finding comedy, finding all of those things I was able to do before I was like doing it for the vine. And, like, <laughs> there are kids who don't have that luxury and they, you know, it's, it's, I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how the people 10 years younger than we are get, get go through the world so then would you say that your internet persona and your real life persona are somewhat divorced um well there's certainly part of it is divorced of like my if you go through my instagram there like it's it's the happy moments i don't take the i, I don't i'm not taking the picture of like here's what it looks like when I'm up at three in the morning doing homework, like, because no one wants to see that. Um, and, like, sometimes that's just part of <laughs> my week. Uh, and then I, it, it's uh, interesting, like, uh, on the one hand, I feel like I, I'm not super into the internet persona, and then I feel like I have nine internet personas, because <laughs> I, I'm, like, like, the Facebook is mostly from my family, who are from far away, and it's just like, here's what I'm doing, Grandma. I promise that, like, I'm still alive and okay. And then, like, Instagram is more, like, my f immediately if friends. I feel like that's that's sort of the, the social media that, like, most of, like, the BU students or, or you know, college students are, like, on right now. Um, and then, like, Twitter is just sort of, like, the void that I don't know if anyone's <laughs> listening to. So my Twitter feed is just fucking ridiculous. <laughs> Because it's it's just like the thought that pops in at two in the morning and is like here it is I promise I won't edit it so it won't so it'll have grammatical errors in it, um, which isn't really answering the question. I mean, I guess it has to be. Because, it, like my the the personas have to be divorced because, if I was as happy and as successful and as whatever as my social media would like make me look. I'd be fucking crazy. And, like, I feel like people need to be able to have their minute where they're not feeling good. Or you're not a real person. 
So then, what what do you think the repercussions are if you put your real self on, on like Instagram and Facebook and Twitter? I mean, it sound and and like to even say it out loud is to like like I feel gross even thinking it, but it's like, well, you you just won't get as many likes, and you won't get as many favorites. It's like that's. Thinking of of my personal, like, the part that I think I leave out from the internet is the, like, you know, darker side or the, or, or the, the, the part of my day that isn't going so well and doesn't, des- I don't think deserves to be photographed. It would just, it would probably, honestly, it would, two things, it would be probably less likes less like fewer you know positive engagements Mm -hmm. and it would probably also mean just knowing who my friends are more people reaching out and being like hey are you okay hey is everything all right and it's and it's not that that's a bad thing but for some reason i wouldn't want that to come from the internet which is even thinking about that is like kind of weird (laughs) like i don't know why that would make sense of like if you were having a rough day and you posted it and people came out and were like hey what's up how are you doing like wouldn't that be a good thing I don't know maybe there's something that feels needy about that maybe but I don't know I mean I feel like that's definitely something that's kind of lacking and doesn't have an outlet in mainstream media you know like people feel shameful when they put up things that are like not positive and not smiles and I mean, personally, I, I kind of hate that, as you can tell, you know? Um, like, you know, this is just yeah. like how we were talking before yeah. the podcast. I, you know, I, I very much disagree with the idea that you have to be always happy to be a complete person. Yeah. And so I, I'm, like, wholeheartedly wishing you best of luck in acting and comedy because you can show that. You know, you can show that there's not just, like, comedy it's yeah it's also the the hook you know it's the hey let's let's be real let's uh let's talk about the things that like matter like marriage and children and you know the difficult things but like integral towards your life and almost like those things that give you the biggest obstacles are also the ones that give you the most meaning yeah and i think that that's kind of what you get i mean correct me if i'm wrong no i think that makes a lot of sense and, you know, I think it's it's what I'd like to believe, and I'm not sure I, I ex- you know, I'm, I'm the perfect example of this, but, like, it's not the challenge in your life. It's not the the obstacle. It's how you respond to the obstacle that makes you the person you are. And it's, you know... I, I, I think of, like, those kids in Parkland, where it's like, okay, there's this huge obstacle that has been thrust upon all of you but none of you could have seen coming and their response has been we're we're going to organize a national movement to to try to make this world better and it's like i feel like that is a perfect example of like they had an obstacle and their response is what is defining them and that like no matter what else happens here on out just the the mere fact that like they chose to respond with we are going to make a change for the good is is 
helping to find them as good people. And you can definitely see that in the interviews with the, like they're they're like high school kids, yeah. right? And you can see the seriousness they have in their their speech. And it really, like that kind of seriousness is something that like even people 25, 30 would be afraid to say. But, yeah. you know, when, when something like that happens, it's, it really hits that vein between people. Yeah. And um, I feel like they're daring to be, like, or, or, or demanding to be taken seriously. Which I think is really hard for young people to do. Yeah, it is. And, I mean, particularly people that young, but even, you know, even older than we are, is often, can often be just like, you don't know anything yet, you're too young to know anything. Um, I mean, like, even we kind of almost had that kind of tinge like, oh my god, these kids, like, they're on Instagram and they're not, you know? Yeah, 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 exactly. It's exactly. hard, but it's, I mean, when there's, when there's a tragedy like that, I think at the end of the day, when there's a tragedy that's either a school shooting, you know, God forbid, or your wife dying out of the blue, again, God forbid, there's something about that that just, like, rings true across all ages, and you just understand it at a human level. Yeah. And that's something that's just, like, it's, it's a call to action. It's like, this is not okay, and something needs to be done. And I think that's that's the big question that our generation kind of faces. And it's, and I, I don't mean just, like, strictly with with like school shootings or with like racism or or any kind of you know hot political topic but i mean just in general with your every average day joe who's just having passive nihilism through his life it's it's something that we all feel and i feel like that's something that comedy and theater and and movies and tv and you know that general sphere kind of expresses in a way that is is like hey you're not alone yeah. And I think that's why people gravitate towards stories because it's the stories that really bind us together as a species. Definitely. I think that's well said. And I, you know. I will never say anything that good ever again <laughs> for the rest of my life. That's it. I've hit my peak, guys. <laughs> I lost my stride. You should stop listening. It's all downhill now. <laughs> his hairline. Oh, no. no that's great. <laughs> um, you have a lovely hairline. Let's hope because... <laughs> You know, once I shave this off, I'm going to look like a a thumb. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> but I guess, like, the, the main takeaway, or, or what I would like to know is, what is the, like, underlying raw truth that you're trying to convey through through your art? And it, it almost sounds like, and I don't want to like steer you in a direction, but it sounds like it's like the human connection between you and the audience. It's the reassurance that, hey, we're all people. Yeah. And, and I don't know if it's, it's 50%, like 50-50 between like your own like cathartic, you know, venting of your trauma when you were wearing like <laughs> gymboree clothes at yeah. sixth grade or something, or if it's, it's also just like, you know, I've, I went through a divorce too. I I personally I think it it definitely comes down to human connection, but I think that all I think you're spot on, and that all art, whether it's performing art or it's like I'm going to paint you something, you know, at some point it has to do with like another person experiencing that. For me, I would hope that the two things 
that that people would listen to or pay attention to or whatever is is like like we were saying like you just said that you're not alone that that someone else has has had this experience that you've had and that it's okay to laugh at it and that you know you, you, you take the time that you need to take to experience whatever thing you're experiencing it but that you know you have 80 years you know maybe 100 years to to live uh, to live a life and that obviously taking the things serious taking the serious things as seriously as they need to be taken but that we don't need to dwell in whatever funky thing there is in our life or from our experience and that it's okay to point and laugh at the thing once it becomes goofy so that you can then ride off and not be worrying about you know this the, the embarrassing clothes i wore in middle school and i can more fully live my life now knowing that it's like it's fine that that's funny like it's okay that that's that that those that at the time was so like traumatic and was like this is the end of the world that i'm a loser in middle school can eventually become the thing of like we can all laugh and then move on together yeah i think that's a part of growing up is realizing that you're really not alone yeah and that a part of growing up is learning where your place is in the social structure and how you socialize with your friends, your families, your peers, your students, and really just finding your place and that you do have a place. Yeah. And that's something I, I'm, I, I teach as my, that's, that would be like my day job, I would, as I would describe it. And like being able to teach theater is really awesome because... I get to see the kids who find their place. Like I, I teach like kids as young as eight and as old as 17 and like watching these people, these very young people like find their place is so gratifying. Even if it has nothing to do with me. And it's just like my other friends are here and it's it's so fun to do this shit. Like it's really cool. Because there, that that place exists for everyone somewhere. I think. And so, through teaching and through comedy and through acting, do you believe that you can change the world? Well... I guess the answer is yes with the the sort of footnote to that being I I do believe that changing the world in small ways if you're doing it for the better or for, or for good or you know however you want to qualify it is still changing the world and so I think of, you know, <clears throat> excuse me, like I think of the, the, the kids who are happy doing theater 
and if that becomes a thing that helps them not even be like a successful person but just be a happier person then it's like yes the world has been changed in some way and i think that like i i don't think it is is exclusive to the performing arts like i think you know like like what are the small things that we all do for each other where it's like that you you if you've made someone else's day better you've changed the world in even if it's in the smallest way possible you know yeah it still counts (laughs) i definitely agree with that i think there's not enough emphasis on the micro yeah and it's kind of like like you wouldn't characterize your relationship as the the dozen of roses you bought for your wife or the the chocolates you got on her birthday but by how you would greet her every morning at breakfast exactly and i think that if people just made those teeny tiny adjustments and just like helped the lady who dropped her license or you know held the door open for the guy who was obviously in a mess and in a hurry that we might be able to piece the world back together. I do, like, yeah. I, I think that, like, theater and comedy and education is maybe a, a different, in a different category. But, like, <laughs> but like theater is never going to, like, fix world hunger. Well, you know, we've been... You it, don't know it, that. Because, I mean, but, there's but, power to stories, is what oh, I'm definitely. saying. Oh, definitely. Oh, definitely. But I, I don't think... I think it may, maybe in some ways it could... There could be big changes like that that come from performance or storytelling or whatever. But, like... There's not going to be a production of Hamlet so good that suddenly, like, peace in the Middle East is achieved. Bitch, yeah. you don't know that. <laughs> you are right. Maybe we should try it. We haven't tried it yet. Maybe that's the thing that we've been missing. And uh, all the Dylan <laughs> cast of Shakespeare oh, would God. solve world hunger. Because everyone would unite and say, that was bullshit. Let's focus I on the... I hate that I guy. I hated that. <laughs> Let's focus on the real issues at hand. No. Um... Like, I, I'm not sure that it can be, those monumental shifts can be changed in those ways. I think that, I think it is, it has to be more cultural, like, it has to come from multiple places. But, like, it is, it is so easy and cheap to be kind to other people. It is so easy. And then it's also so hard because we... Like, we, you have to live your own life, and there's something about being a human, I don't know what it is, but there's just, like, I don't know if you ever experienced this, but there's, like, that one person who it's, it's like, they've just been annoying long enough, <laughs> where if they breathe the wrong way, it's like, are you fucking kidding me with this today? You have to breathe out loud, honestly? Yeah, but, and it doesn't even have to be that intense. Of like, like, and, and, and so it's like, on the one hand, it's so easy to be kind and it's so easy to like pay attention to the part of, of, of like, how do you greet your, your significant other in the morning versus like, what do you do for Valentine's day? It's easier to be negative. Yeah. But it's easier to be negative and it's easier to like have the people who it's, I think it's easy to be kind, but it's hard to be kind to the people that we have. I, in my experience, it's harder to be kind to the people who I've already decided don't deserve my kindness. Or don't, or, or who, not, maybe not to, don't deserve, but who, like, have, have wronged me in some way, and so it's like, no, I'm, I'm going to be less kind to you. Like, I think of, like, I, I'm very close with my roommates, 
And so it's very easy to be kind with them. And it's very easy to, like, you know, if someone's having a bad day, to go get them a drink or to, to help make dinner or, or whatever the small thing is. Um, but then there's people who it's like, we just don't click, and so I'm not going to put in that effort. That That's, so, that's such a little effort of, like, holding the door open or, you know, helping pick up the stuff when it's going all over the place. And I don't know why that's hard. But it just, like, or or what about that makes it, like, I can't, you know, take that away for a moment. Um, yeah. I don't know if that, maybe I am alone in that no, one. No, 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 I definitely feel the same sentiment. So then, if you could tell the world one lesson, what would it be? While you are remembering others, remember yourself. And that it's it's easy, I think, to, both in the positive and in negative ways, to see other people, to be with other people, to judge other people, whatever the, the verb is, without keeping yourself as part of the equation. And, and so I think that is part of what makes it I think that's part of what makes people really selfish in a way, in, in kind of a backwards way of like they aren't paying attention to how they are being selfish and so it's easy for them to be selfish because they're not you know paying attention and it's how people let themselves get like trod over is because they're not paying attention to the fact that they aren't being present with another person. And I think that's hard. I think it's really difficult. Mm-hmm.